0: And that's the first step in even being able to make any U-turn in your life is being radically honest about where are you now being able to do a self audit and say, this is where I actually am and not lying to yourself about being anywhere
1: else. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things, business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. You know, that scene in the TV show friends where they're trying to move the couch through the narrow staircase. I literally think of that scene every time I hear the word pivot, no matter what the context is. Pivoting is something I know a lot about. Some of my best career moves started with the desire to pivot, to switch things up, to move in a new direction towards the life and the business that I really wanted. And sometimes those pivots were massive U-turns, a complete reverse of direction in pursuit of brand new ideas or dreams and opportunities. U-turns are something this guest knows all about. Ashley Stahl is a counterterrorism professional turned career coach. She helps people all over the world with self-discovery, upgrading their confidence, and finding career fulfillment. Are you in the metaphorical staircase with a big couch yelling, pivot? Are you in the left lane with your blinker on, ready to pull a U-turn? Is the only thing more terrifying than stepping into the unknown, staying stuck exactly where you are? If you answered yes to any of the above, well, this is the episode for you. Let's make a U-turn with my friend, Ashley Stahl. Do I have a new podcast recommendation for you? If you like the Gold Digger podcast, you'll love tuning into Content is Profit, hosted by Luis and Fonzie Camejo, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Discover the secrets and strategies on how your business can achieve the frictionless sale. Luis and Fonzie dig into frameworks, strategies, tactics, and feature special guests to bring you all the information you need in order to turn your content into profit. They tackle topics like five things that you should do to grow your podcast and how to leverage trends to generate attention and answer questions like, what does it mean to stand out in the marketplace? How can you rise above the noise and help others with your offers? If you need a new show to add to your lineup, listen to Content is Profit wherever you get your podcasts. I am so excited. There are people on the planet where you feel like you should have been connected to them decades ago. And I feel like this guest is one of those people. And so, welcome to the Gold Digger Podcast, Ashley.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I've been telling everyone since I met you. I'm like, I like Jenna Kutcher so much, and then (laughs) I realized the other day, I'm. Somebody said, "Well, you guys are really alike." I'm like, okay, that's a vanity thing. That I'm like, she's amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We are very like interconnected, and it's like one of those people or relationships were like, Oh, do you know? So you need to know so-and-so. And so when we finally connected, we were like, Oh, they were all right. This makes total sense.
0: Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here and I'm caffeinated and I'm ready to go wild about
1: purpose with you. Do it. Okay. So out of all of the origin stories I've heard on this podcast, the title of counterterrorism professional is among the most intriguing. So let's start the story today about your early career and kind of how it led you on the path to where you are today.
0: Yeah, I I find that the way that human memory works and human psychology works is we tend not to remember many things. I mean, if I look down right now, I don't even remember what I'm wearing, but we don't remember many things unless there's these big markers like a snowstorm or a political event. And so a lot of us tend to remember where we were standing on 9-11 and especially millennial women, you know, a lot of us were in high school, college. And I remember the panic in my mom's face when she had a lot of family on the East Coast and knew some people that were supposed to be at work at the World Trade Center. And so that was kind of my first exposure to what was going on around the world and just expanded my aperture to understanding that the world is so much bigger than the United States. And other than that, you know, I grew up in a house where the news was always on. My dad was always arguing with my mom's side of the family about politics. He's incredibly liberal and I kind of was just open-minded and taking in the information. And I had a knack for foreign languages at a young age. I spoke Spanish. I took French classes in middle school. And I remember this one day the instructor came up to me and he said, where did you learn French? And it was French one. And I just remember thinking like, here, this is it. And he almost implied like I had known it before. So I just you know, soaked up these languages like a sponge and figured the highest impact that I could have when I saw 9-11 was being some sort of. You know, person who could use these language skills in a way to keep the world more safe. And it's funny because I find that, you know, we have these high impact moments in our lives and they impact our career decisions. And it's very sneaky. Sometimes we don't notice it. And so for me, the pain on my mom's face In combination with my language skills, that moment kind of impacted my career path and my decision to join a part of this cause. So I did everything right. You know, I got the degrees, I did the internships, interned for Arnold Schwarzenegger, it worked for the queen in England when I went to grad school for her legal team. I did all that I could to stand out for this. And it wasn't until I finally got to the Pentagon and I was working on a program relating to Afghanistan in the counterterrorism arena that I realized, wow, I'm way too sensitive for this career path. Mm. And the benefit of the career was that they taught me everything about intuition. I mean, when you want to go into the counterterrorism intelligence space, you need to learn intuition to save your own life. So the gift that I got from that was, while well, I was way too sensitive to be sitting behind a computer and watching people blow their heads up and like, I'd be devastated by the end of the day, with some of the things that I saw, you know, or knowing people that would go abroad into hot zones and danger zones, and they would go because they get danger pay. They get bonuses for going to scary areas. So it really broke my heart, but I was able to help a lot of friends on the side during the recession in their career, because I networked my face off to get this job in national security. I started out as an admin assistant and you know, was in so much pain, not being able to use my skills. There's, it's one thing to not like what you're doing. It's a whole other thing to feel like you don't know where to go next, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that pain, I just started helping friends because that was nourishing for me. So I started teaching them how to get job offers and they would always say, you should be a career coach. And I was like, Sounds like unemployment. Like, what even is a career (laughs) coach? You know, like it was in two thousand and nine. Like, career coaches weren't a thing. You know, and so I was like, I know what a hockey coach is. Like, somebody. What is a career coach? So anyway, eventually I I started my business and I've been using intuition as a guidepost to help people in their careers and that's turned into my podcast and my book and all of my work now.
1: Okay. So this is a wild pivot. So walk me through, you know, people are planting that seed for you, but you're like, how is this even a viable option? What does this even mean? Where did you go from there? And like, what was your first step or like toe dip into the entrepreneurial space?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, in my book, U turn, I talk a lot about this concept of turn signals. Yeah. And to me, it's those little feelings in your body. I mean, given that our gut, you know, called our second brain has more than 200 million neurons, you know, it's the size of a cat or dog's brain. So there's an intelligence to our body and that sinking feeling in our stomach. There's an intelligence to when we feel expansion. So I think those body moments are turn signals for us and whether we choose to listen or not and stuff it down is up to us, but eventually who you are always wins meaning what you really want is eventually going to shine through and it's just a matter of how long are you going to let it be until you listen to it so for me right out of grad school i got an admin assistant job i was in so much agony not being able to use my skills i was taking arabic classes at ucla at night and practicing my arabic characters on my lunch breaks and i remember this one day i reached out to my university and I said, hey, do you have a list of alumni who have graduated and moved to Washington, DC? Do you have DC alumni list? And I got 2000 names and emails and I worked my way through those 2000 names and emails. And that was the beginning of entrepreneurship for me was learning how to talk to people because that's what business is, right? It's either selling something, whether it's yourself or anything else, or it's having a great product. You know, you're know, you usually one side of the fence or both. So I learned how to talk about myself after falling on my face. And that became the beginning of me being a great job hunter and learning how to talk to people and just learning in general in business, how to create opportunities. And that lent itself when I was in counterterrorism, I got my job offers and started there. I started helping my friends, like I'd mentioned, and I invited them to coffee shops and I would say, Hey, I'll I'll help you with your resume. And I did it for free because I just loved it. And I didn't think this was something anyone could get paid to do. And they started inviting their friends to my little coffee chats. And next thing I know, I'm doing like 20 resumes in a sitting and I'm getting kicked out of a coffee shop because it's not an event space. And I invited way too many people. And that was kind of the beginning of me thinking, okay, maybe I can do this. And eventually I ended up quitting my job, landing some speaking engagements. and, And I totally pulled a doozy on TEDx, my first TEDx talk they invited me to speak about counterterrorism and i got on stage and was like i'm a career coach so
1: <laughs> so i really used the opportunities that came my way pretty shamelessly i guess oh that's incredible and i i love that you talk about like your body is signaling to you. That's also a theme in how are you really, where it's like, you know, when you feel goosebumps or that gut feeling, like we we know so much more than we give ourselves credit for knowing. Yep. And I think we've kind of stopped listening to ourselves or trusting ourselves. So I want to know, you know, let's walk through this whole idea of a U-turn because I feel like pivot has been the word of the year for the last few years Yeah. How do you define U-turn? And we're saying Y-O-U, U-turn. And what would you say to somebody who's maybe ignoring those signals, but knows deep down that they've got to take one?
0: Yeah, I love that part in your book where you're talking about that. I'm like, this woman continues to just get it. And I'm so glad you're having this podcast and doing the things you're doing because people need this message. I think one of the fundamental things I didn't realize in college or just in my younger years that I hope everyone can kind of grasp is there's a big difference between being a producer of something and being a consumer of something. Mm -hmm. So for example, I love consuming politics and fashion and great food, but I'm not meant to be a politician, a fashion designer, or a chef. I'm not meant to produce those things. And so I think the idea behind my book, U-Turn, is don't do what you love, do what you are. There's a big difference because a lot of the things we love and we consume, we're not great at producing. And so the idea of a U-turn, you know, both in the podcast and the book is this critical moment of transformation where you get radically honest with yourself about some area of your life that isn't working. And -hmm. instead of pushing it down, like you said, we know what we know. And I think we spend all day trying not to know what we know, because what we know is often inconvenient and- Mm -hmm. I love asking clients, you know, in my practice or in my courses, whatever. I love to ask them, what do you know that you wish you didn't know? Because a lot of the times that is the juice for where you can really change your life. And I found in writing U Turn, and I didn't write about this in the book, but I just realized this after that there's really three lily pads that we have in our career. And I try to get people to the second lily pad. So the first one, is a lot of people. And and I think we talked about this a little bit when you came on my show, which was, you know, people kind of not really feeling good where they are, but maybe it's paying the bills or Mm -hmm. it's giving them something to do every day and they're fine with it. That's the first lily pad. And most people are there, you know, at any given time, 71% of the workforce is job hunting. And I think that's not just because they outgrew their job. It's because they're looking for something that feels right. They're scratching an itch so i think those people are trying to get off the first lily pad the yeah. second lily pad i think is when you know your gift that's when you know what your skill set is you know where you're gifted i think what you're interested in really matters but not as much as where you're gifted because mm-hmm. your gift is how you spend your day it's how you use your body your mind your heart and all your energy throughout the day it's your tasks it's your responsibilities your interest is like the backdrop so one thing that i talk about a lot in my work is your core skill set and i've uncovered 10 of them that i think really exist in in the workforce in the workplace whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in corporate and i think once you figure out what that skill set is the world becomes a place of opportunity because people notice when people are great at something yes And so the world starts to become a game of yes or no. It becomes a filtering system. I mean, if you think about your business right now, you know that there's a rock star. I mean, obviously you probably have a lot of great people in the business, but there's always that one right-hand person where you're like, you're magical and you are locked in and you're doing what you're great at. Mm -hmm. And those people always get approached for opportunities. So when you get to that second lily pad, it's a game of yes or no. And sometimes opportunities are the highest form of distraction. And the problem is that you actually can take the wrong opportunities if there's such a thing. And so the game on the second lily pad is taking things that really light you up. And then you have the opportunity to maybe go to the third lily pad. And I'm curious, Jenna, if you've made it there, because I made it there when I was writing my book and sometimes when I'm podcasting and it's Dharma, it's feeling like time just flies and words are flying through your fingers when you're writing your book. And it's like a full on transmission and it's just soul work Mm -hmm. and I flip between the second and third lily pad often of my gift and Dharma. And my wish is that in my work, I can help people at least get to that second lily pad of their gift so that they have an opportunity to make that U-turn and fully go into their Dharma.
1: Oh, that is so powerful. And I love that description. Because I feel like, like you said, like people just feel stuck. And one thing that I'm super curious about, and I wonder if you've seen this as well, is I feel like there are two types of people. So there are the people where it's like jump and the net will appear. Like they just need to go all in, you know, that whole quote of like burn the boats. If you want to take the island, burn the boats but there are also people who need to have like that safety and security before they can make a leap and they have to build up their confidence in establishing that safety and security. I am of the second camp. I am not a big risk taker. What does it look like for you? And have you kind of noticed that as well, that there are like those two camps of people. And I just envision that from jumping from one lily pad to the next.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. I think that human psychology and I ended up after getting my master's in the department of war studies in London at King's college, I ended up getting my master's in psychology. So maybe there's a causal relationship there, but (laughs) I learned in psychology that there's two core dynamics in the human experience. Number one is your level of misery in your current Mm -hmm. situation. And number two is the fear of the unknown. And we're straddling the fence on these two things. Most people in the human experience will not leap into the fear of the unknown until their misery and their current state is so extreme that they feel like they have no choice but to leap into the unknown. And so my hope in my work and even, you know, when I was reading your book, Jenna, and your work is really helping people notice when they're lukewarm so they don't need to be hit by that two by four, whether it's an illness or a quarter-life, midlife crisis, but rather they can start to smell when a U-turn is on its way and start to listen to themselves. That being said, I think that there's a lot to be said around the safety net and before jumping into the unknown. You know, We live in a time where there's a lot of options. My number one rule in business that I've told coaches that are starting out after these 12 years I've been at this is needy is creepy. You know, I learned that from an amazing coach named (laughs) Steve Handler. Needy is creepy. So the worst thing you could do to yourself is burn the boats if you are going to be desperate for clients. So you need to know thyself. I think it's really important to support yourself with getting your needs met so that you don't have any attachment to any customer or client. And if that means taking on a part-time job while you build your business Or if that means taking on some consulting to supplement your business that you already have, I think it's important to be radically honest about where you are. And that's the first step in even being able to make any U-turn in your life is being radically honest about where are you now, being able to do a self-audit and say, this is where I actually am and not lying to yourself about being anywhere
1: else. It's October. And you know what that means? It means sweaters and pumpkin spice lattes, and it also probably means that you're in the final stretch of your fiscal year. And in this interesting economic climate, you're also probably thinking about how to best optimize things like budgets, strategies, and operations in 2023. But let's be honest, no one wants the best probable solution to deal with whatever comes next. You want the best solution, period. Whatever stage your business is in, HubSpot's CRM platform is ready to scale with you at the flip of a metaphorical switch. With totally customizable hubs, HubSpot has thousands of apps that you can easily integrate, use, or get rid of whenever you need them or don't. Plus, transparent costs and an intuitive interface means there are no fancy frills to hide behind. That's because HubSpot isn't here to probably grow your business. It's here to help you grow your business, period. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of a hundred dollars or more. I love this, Ashley. I've been thinking about this so much. Again, you and I, I think share brain in a lot of ways, yeah. but I have been thinking about like so many of us, like the other night I was in a room, there's like over hundred women in the room. And I said, how many of you consider yourself multi-passionate? And every single hand went up. And I said, good, that's being a human. That's part of the human experience. And then I said, do you want to know the fastest way to squash your creativity? And it was like adding deadlines or paychecks to anything. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have lost our creativity or like forgotten that we're creative beings mm-hmm. because we have burned the boats and then become desperate to fulfill needs, including safety and security. And for me, the best way for me to protect my creativity is to make sure that I am feeling safe and secure. And so I'm curious if you have any thoughts on this, because I've just been thinking about like the great resignation. You, you dropped that stat that like over 70% of the workforce is actively looking for other jobs. Yeah. I feel like in our culture, there has become this messaging where it's like, you know, if you're not happy, just leave. And I actually disagree with that in a sense. I think it is always important that we're moving towards something greater, but Mm -hmm. I also think that it is somewhat problematic to just abandon the things that have gotten you this far, because sometimes the things that have gotten you this far or your current state, even if you're not wildly passionate, that can fund the dream that can give you the safety and security required to have your creativity. Where do you land on all this? And it is okay if you totally disagree with me.
0: No, I love everything you're saying. And I, I love what you're saying about being multi-passionate. You know, first of all, the great resignation. As a spokesperson, I've been on a lot of news interviews lately, and it's actually kind of amusing. I guess I kind of chuckle when people are like, the great resignation, <laughs> what's going on? And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, This is the most obvious thing that could have ever happened. You took yes. a burnt out and disengaged workforce, Then you put a pandemic and five extra hours of week on average on top of them, according to research, and then they're burnt out and they're quitting and they're trying to find a new way to live. Like no surprise there. I'm thinking about even launching a new version of my book at some point with a quiz in it called the great designation or something. Yeah. yeah. Their path. But I love what you're sharing about being multi-passionate and safety And I do agree that a lot of people are making their art into their work and it completely puts a different lens on your art and what you're really meant to do in the world. That being said, I think when you don't have clarity or you feel really stuck, a lot of people talk about clarity, like they can find it, you know, while they're ordering their latte at Starbucks, like I'm going to go get some clarity today. But I find that the way it works is the first order of business when you feel disconnected is to come back home to you. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is asking yourself, what are the people, the places, the things, the, the experiences that bring me back to me. So for me, I love hip hop music. I love cupcakes. I love dance classes. Some of our mutual friends, Jenna, like these women, you know, I have a lot of girlfriends, but there's a couple where it's like, dang, whenever I talk to this one, I'm me again. Yeah. And I think it's your responsibility when you feel off kilter to just come back to you and make that time. Because when you get back into your body, when you get back into you and your joy, it's a lot more visceral when you can mm-hmm. feel a yes or a no. And you can start making choices from that space. I also think what you're saying, Jenna, about not burning you know, the bridges that got you to where you are is so important to me. You're a woman of integrity. And by saying that it's just all the more the case because there's an integrity. And I think a respect for the people, the places and the things that get you to where you are. And it doesn't mean you need to hold on to them past their expiration date. It doesn't mean you don't, you don't have to reassign these things in a different place in your life at some point. But I think there is a brashness and an abrasiveness that I've seen in Facebook ads, especially of this get rich quick thing that kind of started, I think in 2011 when I started seeing Facebook ads and started my business, where it's like, you can make a million dollars in 20 minutes. And it's like, there's not a lot of usually integrity Mm. to that. And usually the person who's advertising that spent, you know, 700 K on ads and overhead and all these other things. And they've been working on it for a year, not overnight. So I think there's just, it's important to be, I don't want to say realistic because I think that's too much on one side of the brain, but it's important to be honest with yourself about who you are, what feels like a stretch for you and set timelines for yourself and get the support that you need.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this so much too, because I think a lot of times you know, I feel like the whole world of entrepreneurship specifically for ambitious women is very polarizing and it's either like that hustle culture or that manifests more. And I think you and I both kind of live in the middle of that where it's like, yes, hold these beautiful visions for yourself, but also be willing to like lace up your sneakers and do the work towards getting there. And when I think about things like, you know, women leaving the workforce in droves, there's this part of me that's like, heck yes, like this doesn't work for us. We're finally seeing that we're putting our foot down. But I'm also thinking, man, like how I became successful was through side hustles and experimentation And I was able to try things out without having this need for accepting anyone that would pay me. It it gave me this sense of being able to say like, this is the work I want to do or want to try. And so I just get a little hesitant when I'm like, People are leaving without having any sort of plan because I feel like any sort of business or side hustle started out of desperation is Mm -hmm. bound to back you into a corner in some way or other. So I just want to say like, if you are listening to this and you are in a job and it feels like a dead end, like leverage what you've currently got to get you to where you want to go. At least that's my advice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're sharing about not forcing it. I think that the in-betweens are sacred. Like I talked about those Mm -hmm. three pads Yes, and you have to swim in between each one. And one thing that I talk about a lot in my book that my grandma used to comment on was this idea of the divine unknown. And, you know, whenever I see highly successful people, whatever that means to you, whatever success means for any of you listening, I always think to myself, this person has a really good dialogue going on in their head about failure. This person can swim in the in-between and not grab on to something for the sake of having something. You know, it can feel really groundless when we're in between things. And sometimes those in-betweens can be a year or two. And I think one of the most damaging things we can do is sometimes just grab onto something for the sake of it. And sometimes that is the answer. Sometimes it's like, just try something on. But a lot of the times we just grab onto things, whether it's relationships, romantic partners, jobs, businesses, because we just want to feel like we have something. And usually it looks like we're going forward in the world when we're doing that. But in a lot of ways, we're actually going backwards because we're eventually going to have to undo that thing that isn't really true for us and go towards something that is really true for us. And so I think just not forcing it and being careful with how you swim in the in-between between these lily pads is really important. I also think entrepreneurship is not for everyone. And that's another thing I didn't really love noticing in the early digital entrepreneur coaching space was you know, making it sound like it's almost better. I think that the world needs, you know, there's some corporate women that I know in my life that I'm like, wow, you guys are badass. And I am so impressed and the world needs them. And then there's some entrepreneurs where it's like the way that the world works is entrepreneurial for them. And mm-hmm. I think one of the key distinguishers between an entrepreneur and an intrapreneur, and I talk about this a bit in my book, is that the entrepreneur meets full-on freedom they need creative freedom. They need to work on their ideas. They need time freedom. I think the intrapreneur needs more flexibility and autonomy, meaning the intrapreneur is somebody who's maybe the second in command, or they have their own book of business under the umbrella of a company. That person needs some sort of autonomy. They don't necessarily have to work on their own ideas. They need that flexibility to execute with their own imprint and then there's a different dialogue going on between an entrepreneur and an intrapreneur about money and financial security. So it depends on your dialogue around money. Like, does the pain of you not being able to create your own ideas exceed the pain of having financial insecurity for a while? Or are you willing to do that part-time job or those part-time things to support yourself while you build? So these are all big questions to ask yourself And remember, all skills are monetizable. I mean, you can make money on the side. There's a big difference between being an entrepreneur and solving a problem in the market and being a business owner who says, I'm going to start a language business. I'm a native English speaker, and I'm going to put that skill on Craigslist and teach people English lessons, or I'm really good at math and I'm going to be a math tutor and eventually get tutors under me. Every skill that we have is somehow monetizable, whether you want to or not. So everyone can do it but is it going to bring them the happiness and fulfillment? That's a personal choice.
1: Oh, this is so good. gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. When I was starting my journey with online courses nearly a decade ago, I needed a platform that could keep up with my dreams and support my vision and Kajabi came to the rescue. I've been a paying customer of Kajabi for years upon years. They are the only platform I use, trust, and recommend for online course creators. Kajabi is the ultimate one-stop shop that empowers you to build a thriving online business and generate predictable recurring revenue. Whether you're creating online courses, exclusive membership sites, or hosting subscription podcasts, Kajabi has got you covered. Kajabi will handle your transactions without taking a single penny of your money. That's right. You get to keep 100% of what you earn. Plus you get powerful analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates. The cool thing is too, you don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. It's all about leveraging the right tools and strategies to grow your business and Kajabi makes that possible. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free, 30-day trial if you go to kajabi.com slash Jenna. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com slash Jenna. Head to kajabi.com slash Jenna and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. You know, it's really interesting, Ashley, because when I initially wrote my book, I wrote a business book and I had this huge eye-opening realization that... I care more about people's lives than their businesses and entrepreneurship is the right fit for me, but I don't believe that the type of life that I live is reserved only for entrepreneurs. And I also don't think entrepreneurship is the right choice for everyone. I know so many people in my life who are so much happier doing a nine to five or being stay at home parents or caregivers or whatever that looks like. And, you know, I think like, to be honest, for a long time, I was like the entrepreneur pusher because for me, it unlocked so many things. And I had just such a big epiphany in the sense of like, no, like there are so many benefits of the nine to five. And I feel like it's been almost like demonized in the entrepreneurial space. And I'm like, I think it takes that level of self-awareness, which you keep talking about of like, you have to keep coming home to yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to check in with yourself. And I think that that's something to be said in the spaces, like that level of awareness of like, what will bring you joy? What gives you the most peace and ease that's going to help guide you forward the most. A hundred percent. And,
0: you know, I think that there's probably a lot of people listening who are in the divine unknown who are in between. And one of the things I've learned as an entrepreneur is that the internet is like a bunch of islands. And so is entrepreneurship. It's like, I have a column for Forbes. That's one island. There's like 600 blog posts I've written in the past 10 years on there. And then there's TED Talks. That's a different island. And then there's podcasting. That's a different island. There's TV interviews. There's Instagram. There's social media. All of these are different islands. So if you don't know what you want to do next, but you know in your bones, you want to start a business, start to master an island. Pick which one aligns with your core skill set. And put all of yourself into having a voice and establishing yourself there. I think there's power in having a personal brand, whether you're in corporate or you're entrepreneurial, and eventually you can monetize it if you get clear on what you want. But that's a really good way to spend that pocket of time between lily pads, building something that's meaningful, at least getting clear on like, what do you have to say about the world? What do you want to talk about? And positioning yourself. And by the way, you wouldn't know this, Jenna, like if you build an audience, they're going to trust you and support you. If you pivot anyway, they're going to go with you. So I think just build your Island, build your personal brand. That's something I talk about a lot in my work and on my show, because I think it's really important for people to have that kind of independence, whether or not they have a business.
1: Oh, that is such a powerful point. And that's why sometimes too, when people read my book, they're like, you had a watercolor print shop. You did this, you did this. Like, how did you do so many things? And I'm like, I always followed my own intuition, but people followed me because they cared about me more than the output or the finished product. And I think a lot of people are building businesses, which is literally just the product service or offer that is for sale and not building brands, which is like the true followable, lovable personality behind the offer. And I think that is such a good call out, Ashley.
0: Mm, thank you so much for the validation. I mean, it means a lot coming from you because reading your book, I just felt felt myself shaking my head being like, yeah, she really gets it. And I feel like we're on the same page about so many of these things. And I hope it's really helpful for a lot of people listening because I know how painful it is to feel like you want to do something in the world and you just don't know where to put your energy yet. And so my wish for anyone listening is a lot of grace in the unknown yeah. and, and taking that time to build your islands and be honest
1: with yourself. Okay. So I am dying to know are there any pivots coming up in the life of Ashley Stahl? <laughs> okay. So, true story I was just watching <laughs> a love
0: reality show on uh, Amazon Prime. Yes. And my friend has a show coming out on there in the next few weeks. And I was watching this woman host, and I was like, I would absolutely love to host a love reality show because everybody talks about all of their problems and I love hearing about them.
1: <laughs> and you so- would actually be really good. <laughs>
0: So I've had a few casting calls for like some love reality show stuff. I'm also working on creating a personality test in the next year or two that will launch in my book, kind of like, you know, one of those books where that has the unique code for a quiz. It's going to be pretty comprehensive, like Myers-Briggs sort of quiz, but I'm not rushing it. And other than that, I almost want to ask you too, Jenna, like what are you talking
1: about it? Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel like my book was a big pivot for me. And what I mean by that is, is like for, you know, the last five, six, eight years, I've been known as like the marketing person Mm -hmm. and I love marketing and strategy. Like I will say I, it comes very naturally to me. That's just how my brain is wired, but I am more passionate about what the marketing and strategy can get you in terms of your life. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like the book is really what I want people to know about me. I was recently with my college roommates and they both had read the book and they were like, we love this so much for you because we feel like people are finally getting to know the you that we've known all along. Like this is their introduction to like you, not just your work. And Mm -hmm. so I am very excited in terms of pivoting a little bit into a newer space of like how to unlock the life using the tool systems and strategies that I love. And I'm also at this really weird precipice because I feel like, for the last four years, I've had my foot on the brake pedal, just kind of coasting with motherhood. And I'm feeling this deeper desire to like hit the gas again in areas mm. like public speaking and mm. just doing more of that, more writing and things like that. And so I'm really excited to kind of unlock that and just see where it goes.
0: Mm, that's so exciting. I feel like you have so much to say and you know, I love that you are willing to change identities. And I know that you are just because with your platform, like I'm sure this is not your first rodeo shifting who you are. Like you've written so much about that, but I find that there's nothing stronger in the human experience than the desire to have an identity Yes. and the power it takes against like the gravitational pull of this universe to change your identity is so much that I just love that you're willing to do that. And I feel like we're going to have so many different ways of reconnecting
1: on these paths that we're on. Yeah. Our lily pads are aligned. Let's just put it that way. I'm swimming over. I'm swimming over. Ashley, where can everybody find out more about you? Get their hands on your book. Listen to your podcast. Give us all the places.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for asking. I'm so grateful to have been here with you and supported everyone in any way we can. My book is called U-Turn, Y-O-U, Turn. It's two words, get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career. It's great if you're an entrepreneur or corporate and it's everywhere books are sold. And then my podcast is called the U-Turn podcast. Also two words, U-Turn. We talk about mindset work and love, and it's my favorite place to be. And I would love to hear from you on Instagram what
1: you thought of this episode at Ashley Stall. Thank you so much. I am so grateful that we finally connected and wow. clearly we are wildly aligned. Thanks for coming on and just sharing so much about what you do and how you serve the world. I think it was so inspiring. Thank you so much again. Now do you see why people were always telling me, you need to know Ashley. I totally get it. I feel like we are so aligned in so many aspects. We share a lot of the same thoughts and opinions. And I really loved our conversation today. Regardless of what lily pad you find yourself on in your life or career, I hope you leave feeling inspired and exhilarated and ready to take action, whether that's a full pivot or a U-turn moving towards the next phase of your career and your life. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. If you haven't yet, would you take a second to leave a review or a rating? I know it feels so simple, but it is the number one easiest way that you can support me and this show and all of the efforts behind it. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals.